Today's guest is a backing singer and dancer for some of the most successful artists in the world, such as Robbie Williams, Mariah Carey, Alicia Keys and Demi Lovato, just to name a few. We talk about how she's managed to keep habits over lockdown and the holistic approach to performance. Um, so how has it been for you? Like, I know I've been following you on your Instagram and you've been like super proactive, like you're doing your yoga and <laughs> your, your meals. And it's so, for mm-hmm. me, it's like really inspiring to watch. Oh, thank you. Um, you know what? I've gotten a lot of that feedback from friends and like, not my closest, closest, but just people that are in my circle. And that's yeah. been really um, encouraging because I'm just really just posting what I do daily. I've not really made a show of it. I haven't been methodical about, um, I'm trying to, I guess, sometimes I'm putting more of an effort into posts, like tying things back to uh, when I can, when they're relevant, like tying them back to performance and health and wellness and all those types of things that I'm interested in that I'm about. Um, But yeah, you know what, I, I, I do say to people that I think, I think I've not mastered, but I think I did pretty well in 2020, despite what it really was like what, you know, making the best of it. I did the best that I could with it. I think coming in, no, like nobody knew what we were dealing with, how long we were going to be in this quarantine period, um, what it meant. And I think, yeah, it was initially very abrupt. So when I'm home in Amsterdam, like, and I'm not on the road, I'm just really like a housewife, a homemaker, a domestic engineer, whatever you want to call it. Like, <laughs> Love it. I cook a lot. I just, I use it as my rest time. So I catch up on books and Netflix. And usually it's the opposite of um, a very rigorous touring schedule or maybe just like two weeks of, of jet setting. So I really do use the time to reset and just like reconnect to myself. Um, and I don't do a lot of work in Amsterdam, so there wasn't a lot to do anyway, but um, I just kind of, I just tapped into everything that I loved. And so prior to the last trip that I had made, um, we were getting ready to go to Vegas to do uh, a, a residency there. So I was already on like a, I was doing like a 30 days to Vegas thing. And I was kind of like just documenting what I was doing to prepare to be in in Vegas for um, a couple of weeks. And so a lot of it was, yeah, what I was eating, um, like, you know, what the travel schedule looked like, you know, 2 a.m. with jet lag, these types of things. Um, And so when that was cut, when that was cut short, I kind of carried that into just being home. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to keep working out because what else am I going to do with my time? And um, I think... Yeah, I finally just really had the time to, I'm kind of a busybody, so mm-hmm. I really took advantage of having the time to dig into things that I really wanted to do. And I think meditation was something that was growing in my spirit. So I like signed up for some meditation courses just to kind of get the basics and yeah. to, to really hone that craft. Um, and just did things that I, I initially were already was already doing and then things I wanted to learn and that really carried me through I'm not even gonna lie it really really carried me through um I joined a group of women called 100 strong and sexy and so then I had this accountability of like yeah working out every day or six days a week so it just really kept me busy and 
helped me also just stay in shape, um, kept me sane. I mean, I think for me, I naturally go crazy when I'm not busy. And that's also not the greatest thing because yeah. I find it difficult to find peace in rest and stillness, but it's been an objective of mine <laughs> to be okay with that. Um, and I mean, 2020 was all of that was like, sit down and be still. And you have like, you literally can't do anything. You can't go anywhere. Um, and so, and I'm always a student. So learning, taking courses, just filled up my time. So I think I managed it pretty well. It wasn't until late last year. Sorry, I'm going to try not to be long-winded. I did it. No, I love it. I like the more you talk, the better. <laughs> so long-winded. It's all good. <laughs> when I... The, towards the end of the year, that's when I start getting restless. Um, my birthday's in September, so my husband and I usually Mine take... Too. <laughs> uh, oh, you too? Yeah. What Virgo day? babies. <laughs> what day? The 21st, so right 21st. at the end. Oh, you just made Virgo. Okay. Yeah, I just yeah, made it. <laughs> my husband's the ninth, so we usually do a trip. Um, so we managed to get away because that's when like things kind of eased up. So we managed to cautiously take a vacation. And then after that, I think I was ready to dig into like fourth quarter... Um, and it didn't really, I was still sort of in a holding pattern. And um, then I had some health challenges, which made things a little more difficult for me. And so that's when I started to feel more of the weight of, um, yeah, the weight of, of the pandemic, like not being able to travel as much, not being able to just do my normal, get on a plane and go to London for a couple of days. Um, you know, to just not having the fi funds to do the things that I normally want to do. So it was just like reality kind of set in and things hadn't gotten back to any kind of, there was not even any signs that things were going to turn for live performers and things like that. So it's a weird mix of like, because you kind of said two things that were a little bit opposite to each other in that conversation. And I think many people are in the same, same p position mm -hmm. that when you were busy, when you were gigging and touring and all that, yeah, like you said, you really used your your time when you had a, a, lim a limited amount of time to to like like do what you needed to do for your body and your mind and your soul and everything else. But then when we have loads of time and no no like um commitments to take on, we find it really difficult to like we I think we need a certain amount of structure. And like, yeah. how do we, how do we find structure without a job to go to? Right. That's been like the, the, my, my quest, my lifelong quest is to structure my creative madness, um, give structure to my energy, to my, yeah. And so I think there's a lot of ways you can do that, but you have to, you have to have a certain amount of discipline or you have to find someone that's going to hold something that's going to hold you accountable Otherwise you just won't have that structure. And so there's a difference between being like busy and then being productive. And so I didn't want to just be busy, but I knew that there were things that I wanted to achieve in that, in that time um, I could, I could be productive. Like that's just, again, that's like one of my mantras. One of my mottos for life is just, I'm always learning, always want to make the most of time. And I'm learning that making the most of time is rest can can look like rest as well like the recovery period the rest period the the, the blessing and stillness like what you need mm -hmm. to listen to um you know when you're not when you're still you can hear things right when you silence yourself and especially in meditation when you're you know you do that so you can tune in right and yeah. be more connected to the universe the earth people your own body all those types of things so um 
I always, I always start with like my wish list of things that I would love to accomplish. Like, yeah, like, we all do that at the start of the year, right? I know. I'm a list girl. I'm a list girl. <laughs> it's a Virgo thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I always start with a list and I just, I start with, I try to, there's two things. It's like, what is sort of like maybe an urgent thing? Like if it's related to business or work um, or what is something I'm just like really, really passionate about and, 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 and. I like, I find, I just, I not really sure which one takes precedence, but I think my circumstances. So with regards to work, um, the, I was actually passionate about some stuff that would be beneficial for my work. And so it was working for me personally, healing holistically, but also something that would add value to my work. So that actually worked out really well in my favor. Um, but what kind of things did you, did you, incorporate into your year over the last year what kind of things that you weren't really finding time for before but things that you might just had more time to focus on yeah um meditation mm-hmm. like straight out the gate meditation number one I didn't get it wasn't gelling with me I wasn't sure like how to and what to and um yeah I just was like right let me find something that's going to help me understand this and I actually found just a really simple course. Like it was so simple. And so I was able to really grasp it. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like now I get it. And I think also you have to be ready. You have to like, things have to line up for you to, you know, you have to be in a certain position, place for you to be able to receive information. And I just was, that was the time. So all the things, all yeah. the stars aligned. And I was able to like really finally put a foothold into meditation, yoga for me. Mm -hmm. um and pilates because i just yeah i'm aging and i need a different like i can do the high impact stuff but i really also needed a different because i wasn't so good at just meditating i found that in yoga i was finding a very meditative experience and so i really leaned into that and it was all the things that i needed like i was still able to be physical work on my my flexibility um you know hold postures that made me still feel like mm, I was strong I was, and yeah, strong and yeah. like kind of like performance like anytime I'm in like you know warrior two or something like that um like I always warrior feel place. like very, <laughs> I feel like a dancer like I'm like you know I just I don't know it's just something that yeah. fed who I was and um so those things really helped me and um yeah like I've had the desire I've always I've had this desire to like go back to school and like get more educated, more education, but I never was sure like what I wanted to study. Mm. And I think because everything was going online and just education is taking on a different, um, it's just looking different these days. I was like, okay, perfect. Like someone was like, take this course. And I was like, okay, cool. And it was one of the um, Ivy League universities were doing like lots of free courses. And so I was just like, and it was cool. And what was the course? Do you want to share what the course was? Uh, it was a psychology of happiness. Oh, cool. And okay. um, it was, I'm not really sure. Sh- I, I, I mean, I know I needed it, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like I, I was looking for that. Um, but there were a lot of, again, it benefited, benefited me in so many ways as an individual. And then mm-hmm. also I learned so many things I can bring to my coaching practice. Um, just, yeah, in my as a person and then a, as a performer, Um, and it was great. I think it was like a six or seven week course. So, you know, 
I just had like, I had work, I had homework and I would sit and listen to lectures. And I was like, why wasn't uni like this before? You know, <laughs> yeah. I would have nailed it. I would have st- I would have stuck around. Um, so I was able to just, I started with that. And then, as I said, I did a meditation course. I did um, some other, I joined, I bought a membership to Mind Valley. And there was a lot of really good workshops. So I was just like. Is that like a yoga kind of meditative thing? It is, they're kind of calling it like, a, it's kind of like a new age, new thought type of university. So it's a lot of um, professionals um, who are just all about like mental health, wellness, performance, um, just anything having to do with like the mind and then the extensions Mm -hmm. of that and um, like being your best self, empowerment, speaking courses. Like, so um, Mm -hmm. I I took a couple, which I was just like, you know, again, and and so I just, I I filled my time with stuff that I thought was very productive. there's some fun stuff too. Like I, I, I literally, like I went on to Udemy and I bought a bunch of courses for 1099, 1199. Yeah. Like just, I've got like a whole library of courses that I need to take. Cause I was just like, I just thought like, what else am I going to do? You know? Um, yeah. It was so, definitely like a rush to like, to like register for courses at the start of lockdown. I remember like buying like a few different courses with myself as well. Yeah. As well. Yeah. What were what, what some of the things that you uh, signed up for? Um, well, I bought like a couple of different piano courses because like, I've always played mm-hmm. a bit of piano myself, but like I wouldn't, I'd just be like, you know, basic chord accompaniment, just like, you know, yeah, okay. stuff like that, <laughs> yeah. which was, which has suited me fine, but I just wanted to kind of push it a bit more like, and then because I'm doing grades at my students as well, um, I usually yeah. pass the pass the more advanced students on to a different teacher once they get past kind right. of two or three, like, you right. know, I, would, I just wouldn't my sight reading and yeah. stuff wouldn't be as strong like but I went back to college last year so okay. it's been a really good time to like just really focus on college like I'm I'm in my yeah college. like I went back to do a degree like so it's four years so in a way it's kind of like kind of uh dampened the experience of college but in another way it's 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 also really helped like just focus on that give us time to focus mm-hmm. on just college you know it's like I'm not yeah. doing anything now so like there's not that distraction there Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it, I think it was a good time. And I think also what was really confronting was not just like for people in the performing arts industries, like our livelihood is literally taken away from us. Yeah. So um, as a coach, not so much, but as a performer, like it was just like shut down. So I think there's a lot of people and I had a lot of conversations with people who literally like, okay, close that suitcase, put it in the closet, and then literally went and bought a new duffel bag and started filling it with other stuff. And like, you know what I mean? Like they literally had to move on. Wow. Um, a friend of mine who's a, a producer, he produces events. He's a tour manager. He's like built, he's worked so hard over the past couple of decades to build his company and like was just ready to soar literally shut it down is back in university and um taking he has an accounting degree but now he's doing some other international business stuff and he's just like I don't know if this industry will ever come back and in what shape it will be in and when and like gotta move on so that also I think um prompted this urgency to get some skills 
<laughs> you know, I didn't graduate from college or uni. I studied university. Um, uh, sorry, I studied. I went to university for two years studying journalism, and then I left to pursue a career in dance and music. So um, I don't necessarily have a degree like that to fall back on. And to be honest, a lot of my friends who have degrees don't do anything with them anyway. Yeah. So, um, you know, thinking about next steps, I was like, do I want to completely switch lanes? Do I want to build on what I'm doing now? And I made the choice to stay closer to home. Um, but also some of this education is sort of leading me in another really great path that um, that I think makes sense for me. So it's always been challenging to like find structure, but, um, you know, it's, I think it's necessary, especially we've been faced with like issues of survival. And so yeah. that just makes it really real. And I don't judge what anybody's structure looks like. Um, I've how just do you structure your day? How, like, how do you structure your day? And what advice would you give to anybody who's kind of looking for a bit of guidance when it comes yeah. to so um, I'm constantly shifting and shaping it um, because I'm like spontaneous as well. So something will come and then I'll run in that direction. So I'm mm -hmm. trying to not do that. Um, sometimes I literally have to write out my day and then like when I write it out, it kind of walks in my head because if I end up in the kitchen before certain things are done, that's it for the morning routine. The kitchen takes over and then I'll never get back to whatever else I needed to do. And then um, then I'm into an afternoon and I'm like, okay, well that's done. I'll just start again tomorrow. So I yeah. really, really try. But um, I just say, yeah, I write things out that I, how I, the night before I try to visualize and write out what I want to accomplish the next day. Um, so for me, um, I start my morning with uh, prayer. So I wake up, I give thanks. Um, I'm really trying to, like, the thing is, is my alarm goes off. And when I see my phone, there's like notifications. And then I want to swipe and I'm trying to really not do that. Mm -hmm. Or I'll be like, uh, oh, no. So literally the minute I wake up, like I'll shut my alarm off. And then I try to just go right into prayer. Um, right now I'll do like what I'm doing now. Cause this has been a, it's been a work in progress, but I have a journal that's right by my bed. So I write all my affirmations, mm -hmm. um, like just, I'll just do like, today I'm grateful for this. I just try to like start my day in happiness. I know it sounds kind of cliche, but this shit works. Like it works. Like you have to really get your mind set up for, for whatever it is you want to do. Um, yeah. and so anyway, so I kind of give myself, the point is I give myself the early, like when I wake up time to check in with myself. Um, I would love to be able to roll out of bed and onto a yoga mat. It's just not possible really yeah. for me mm -hmm. um, because I have a partner. So, you know, my husband goes to work. So I take on the role of helping him in the morning. And then we basically get like an hour before he gets to work. And then he's gone from 8 a.m. He's out the door and I don't like, you know, it's quartered at eight now and he's he'll be home soon but like that's to 12 hours I don't see him sometimes yeah. so I try to spend time with him in the morning which for me like he'll do some yoga or go to the shower and I'm in the kitchen and it kind of is a little bit of this old school like traditional roles but I don't mind because food and feeding and caring and partnership that's like part of my love language as well so really yeah. enjoy it anyway so I spend a little time. I love in the, the whole love languages thing. Actually, I just learned a bit about that in the last year. 
Yeah. And I think when you understand that, like you're more accepting of yourself and like, you know, you don't, you're just like, this is why I do think like you can understand yourself a bit better and not, and I don't know, it's helped me at least in that way. Um, so anyway, so I give myself a little time, some spiritual time, some meditation time, um, or just whatever, like in the morning. And then I kind of give my husband a little time once he's gone, then it's back to me. Um, and I start my, I start, I start breaking my fast. So breaking fast for me is about a two hour process where I start with like warm lemon water just to work my digestion. Um, I cannot eat straight away. So I usually do that. Maybe I'll have another cup of tea. And then um, I try to have worked out before noon. If I don't work out before noon, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Not like for me, like, re like real talk, it's probably not going to happen. So yeah. Whether so for me it's either yoga or Pilates. I do a, a Zoom Pilates class, which I love. Or I think do getting like up all... early is like very important to kind of keep on track with that. Then no, it just depends on how you how you like your day to go, mm. right? Like so, I have to do a lot of things in the morning because the afternoon, mid afternoon, is the time for me to, to get work done. Okay. Um, whether that's voice lessons or like me doing my own, like coaching myself or just singing, giving myself some creative time, um, you know, joining people like you for podcasts, mm -hmm. doing some research, whatever the work is that I need to do. I like to have time to do it between the hours of like one and five. That's like my work day. Yeah. So That's the morning fair. is sort of prepping myself. It's me time. It might be eating and then digesting while I'm watching some Netflix and then I'm like all right let me now the food's moved into a place now I can actually work out shower get ready for the work day so I give myself and this is where structure for me as a creative person is important so it could be reading a book it could be planning it could be making some calls trying to plan workshops like I just try to give myself a, a chunk of the day to be creative and to actually be a businesswoman mm. Then once the sun sets, like once it's about six o'clock, like I'm back into family mode and I'm, pre I'm, I'm preparing dinner. So that's actually what happened. I walked in the door at six from the grocery and I was like, I have to get this pasta done. Like I, did, <laughs> I, I decided to make pasta because it's just like a no brainer. Yeah. Um, I'm watching. I actually have to put, well, I'll probably turn it off, but I'm watching the pasta, the pot for the pasta, the actual noodles, like it's boiling. If you have to run, run because I can chop it out. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will. I'll pause for a second. But um, <laughs> so I try to get dinner, and I do. You know, again, I'm. This is gonna sound very traditional, but I try to have dinner ready by the time my husband gets home. He's been running. My husband's a runner, so he runs a lot. So sometimes he'll come in, and then he's like, "Okay, I'm going for a run," and then I'm like, "Cool, I got 45 minutes to like." Um, and so it means we usually eat, eat between like 7 30 and like nine o'clock okay yeah so you're and after that it's tv cuddling chill i'm on my phone talking to la or new york or eat or toronto just because of time difference mm. and then i'm usually in bed by about midnight so and i i am actually getting one of the good things about this pandemic i've been getting my eight hours like i've been sleeping like i've been getting my sleep good and, I love my sleep as well I have to say yeah I think it's a good time to practice habits but it's also a time where I think when people are feeling so structured in a normal life or it's been a time where people can let loose from that 
and find something, a different flow that maybe works better for them now you know so I was just going to ask is it okay if we talk a little bit about your your work as um as a session singer or a backing vocalist yeah. who you were working with before lockdown what tours you went on um what skills do you need to have to do the job that you're doing that kind of thing okay so I like to just call myself a working singer um I'm I'm mostly specialized in live performance um I have done session work and been a session singer for like film and TV and um, some recordings and um, yeah, and sort of various sort of in the studio type type of work. Um, I'll start with sort of what, well, yeah. Okay, so before the pandemic, so for the past eight years, I've been working um, mostly for Robbie Williams. Mm -hmm. um, as a backing vocalist and a stage performer as my job with him is I am backing vocalist, but we also dance. So there are dancers, but we also do a lot of choreography. So it's like a full, a full out job. Yeah. Um, it requires quite a bit. And when I started with Robbie, I was actually still living in LA and I was um, working on the voice as one of the, um, as part as one of the, ba the backing vocalists in the house band. Oh, so, wow, that's cool. Yeah, I left that season. We did the first season and I left the season um, just to work with Robbie. And then they decided because of the success of the, of the second season um, that they wanted to do the next season. So they weren't going to they were going they were going to shoot the next season in the fall rather than wait again till March. And mm -hmm. that's when they ended up doing two, that's like the beginning of them doing two seasons a year, um, which was great for working singers. And like, I mean, it was just, it's been one of the machines that has kept singers uh, working and fed and like, it's been brilliant for that. Maybe not so much for actual artists, yeah. <laughs> but for us, it's been really great. The work's been consistent. So I was doing that, but once I left, I couldn't come back because I was then engaged with Robbie. And so I kind of, I had to replace myself with a brilliant uh, young singer. And then over the next couple of years, while I was still living there, I was just like one of their on-call singers. So I would jump in for the lives. I would, if one of the singers in the wasn't available, it was like, hey, Dinesh, can you come and do this? Um, so they were still like my little surrogate family. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that. And, um, and then while I was working for Robbie, so I'd kind of go back and forth. So I'd do the voice and then I'd do Robbie. And then I did, um, Alicia Keys, an Alicia Keys tour. And then I went back to Robbie and then, oh wait, sorry. What did I do? That's a lie. <laughs> I did the voice and then I did Rihanna and then I went to Robbie mm -hmm. and then I couldn't go back to Rihanna either because Robbie sort of took over. Um, so I replaced, so I was replaced. Then I did Alicia Keys, same thing happened. I went back to Robbie and then I couldn't come back. So I was replaced. Then I did Demi Lovato and went back to Robbie and the same thing happened. I couldn't come back. So I was replaced or I found someone for them. Yeah. Um, and so after that, it became pretty consistent. The work with Robbie became pretty consistent. Um, when we went living in Los Angeles, when I would work with him, it was like, you'd go and you'd be in the UK for X amount of time. So it wasn't really, if I would do any other gigs in and around that, it would just like, it would be one-off things or things that had to, to that, that, that um, just fit in. 
Um, but he sort of took precedent. So he's been the main artist that I've been working for for the past eight years. Um, prior to that, I, you know, I got my start as a professional dancer in the industry. So my first tour was with Mariah Carey um, for the That's Butterfly some album. tour to start with. I know, right? I know. And I, it's like, I say it not with like, oh yeah, my first, not like that because there's know, a whole yeah. backstory <laughs> of being in Toronto. I was living in Toronto, um, born and raised in Toronto. And so I was going back and forth to New York, like taking dance classes at dance studios and like trying to hustle and network. And like, I had no idea what I was doing and then happened to be there on a personal visit. And a friend called me and was like, hey, Mariah Carey's having auditions. You should come. And I was like, she's not going to pick me. And I felt that way because I had tried several on several occasions to, you know, um, to audition for gigs. And I, mm. I was typecast a lot. And, you know, there were times where I was like taller than the artist. And okay. there was times where it was like, oh, we have a lot of dark skin girls already. So we kind of need like, we need to like mix it up. So I was already like, had this experience of was like a harsh rejection, but it was just sort of the reality a of the industry. Of the yeah. yeah, process, right? And so when the Mariah thing came up, I was just like, well, probably don't, I probably should have looked like her, like her complexion. And I'm probably not what they look for, but I went anyway and I, I got the gig. And so I had a lot of experience as a dancer in the industry, as a professional dancer. And I worked for a lot of different artists um, for many years before I was singing professionally. Um, and so that was a really great experience, but I always had my eye on like wanting to sing, wanting to sing. And yeah. I felt that unless I could get a gig as a backing vocalist, no one would really take me seriously as a singer. Um, and that was kind of, you know, people weren't seeing me sing anywhere. Um, yeah. I didn't have the courage to go to like the live mics. I'd go to the live mic sessions um, in New York, but I would just stand on the, like in the back and like marvel at how amazing these singers were. And so I just kind of made my rounds and eventually I was dancing for an artist who, um, an artist that I was dancing for um, at one point in our, in the work that, and the time that I was working for her, um, I was able to switch over to singing background for her. I was just like singing one day and she heard me and she took note and she like really liked my voice. And then an opportunity came where she asked me to sing for her. And so I was like, yes. And um, <laughs> that opened up doors because now I had a platform for where people could actually go, oh, well, you sing for her. Oh, great. Like yeah. I, you know, they could actually see me doing it rather than speaking about it. Um, and so that was amazing. I'm always so grateful to her for that. And what does, a back and, uh, what does an audition look like? Or like an audition look like for a back and vocalist? It's random. Um, I've been to my very, I think one of my very first auditions was a cattle call for Pink. And we were in this huge studio in New York. And they, you, you know, everyone had at some point you had to wait because there's so many people and you had to get up and you had to sing something. You had to sing your own song, like mm -hmm. a, one song that you chose. And then they made a cut. And then I remember they had another um, part time where then they wanted to hear you if you how you sounded singing her stuff. Excuse me. And that song was the I'm coming out, so you better get this party started. Yeah. Now she's like an RB voice, but also she has kind of this like rock kind of, you know, edgy. Mm, so edgy yes. I just didn't have any, any of that in my voice. And it wasn't really about if you could sing or not. It was about could you blend with her? What was the sound that they needed? 
Um, so I didn't get that, but it was a great audition experience. I learned so much. Um, so you get stuff like that. And then Where did you, you learn to do those stuff- things? By doing it. By doing it. Yeah. By doing it. So as a background singer, I've done a lot of workshops and I've done things where I've tried to give people tips and tools. Um, but then every auditioner or every person who's holding the audition has their own um, method and how they want to do things. And so I feel like, you know, if any, if I could give any advice, I would say always have a song that shows your voice and always be familiar with the music of the artist that you are going to audition for so no one of their songs um but you know certain skills and this kind of goes back to a question you asked me earlier um that you should have is you got to have a good ear you kind of have to be a quick learner and you can develop these skills Mm -hmm. um you have to be able to I think have a bit of range to your voice so not necessarily like you have to be every vocal range like you have to sing like first Mm -hmm. soprano and bass like no but um be able to understand how to change your tone um how to blend um have a bit of range yeah like so that you can fit in you know um I remember when I auditioned for Alicia Keys um the second time (laughs) (laughs) They were, I mean, I think I'm a mezzo alto like all day. And they were like, no, you'll be soprano. And I was like, Lord, how, how you know, and I'm just like, uh, but I've been soprano on a lot yeah. of gigs. And the great thing about that is I was able to actually develop my vocal range by stepping into the roles, those roles. Yeah. I also had a great support system in terms of vocal coaches who would help support me to make sure my voice was stable in those places. Um, so it, it's helpful. It just means you'll have more variety and more options. Um, and then you've got to like, just in terms of getting gigs, you just have to really put yourself out there and, um, you know, there aren't the obvious spaces, but it's a lot of just like networking and connecting with other singers. I mean, a lot of the gigs that I was called to audition for were through other singers, not necessarily musical directors. Yeah. And eventually when I got into the game, people started knowing me and asking me to audition or just or just direct booking me for a gigs. So a lot of it was kind of ended up being by referral almost when you started getting your name out there and you started working with more people. Yeah, when I was in New York, it's just very clicky and I wasn't, I was a dancer, so I wasn't even in the vocalist click. And then I Mm. didn't have that voice of the New York sound at that time. And so it was really hard to be taken seriously. It was really hard to be taken. So I just decided I was going to learn and I was going to try to get in as many rooms as possible and go to auditions and, and, and try and not, and not get the gig, but just see what it was like, see what the nerves felt like, learn how to audition. Um, I think learning how to audition is so important. Mm -hmm. Um, And then yeah, you just have to keep doing it to get better at it. And then eventually you you find your niche or you land a gig and then you use that gig and you you use it for everything you can. You network with everyone that's there. You put yourself out there and say, hey, you know, you do a good job. So people will think of you again. And then that's how you kind of get into a referral system. And unfortunately, that's how it works. There are contractors in the UK um there are contractors in LA that contract for 
the recording, like the studio recording and TV space. And so in those instances, you can have a CV or you can have a demo reel and put your work together and submit it. And then sometimes it's just waiting for that right opportunity to be called. Yeah, because a lot of people who will be watching this podcast would be like people who are studying music in college and who are probably going to go into this side of things like um, being back and, you know, doing session vocals or, you know, recording. Um, I definitely say like know what genre, like know your strengths, know what genre of music or what genres are your strengths and then have a couple that maybe like I don't do country music. I'm not an American person. Like I live in, I live in, I lived in the U.S. for half my life, but I don't have like a Southern drawl. I'm a Northeastern city girl. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, I don't, I can't, I just, those, that's not my forte. But when I was on The Voice, one of the, the, who, the head contra vocal contractor, Kara Britz, um, she's, she's from Virginia. So she handled all the country stuff. She actually sings background for Blake Shelton as well. And, you know, that's her, that's her thing all day. So she was coaching us. She would always take the lead and like kind of teach us. And then for me, I can mimic, like I'm good at mimicking. I'm good at adjusting mm. tone and I'm good at blending in. So I know that that's not my forte. So I'm not going to an audition for, I mean, I think Shania Twain had an audition, but her stuff was more, you didn't need to have that country draw for her stuff, but sometimes you do, right? Um, so know your strengths, you know, jazz music. I can sing jazz, it's not my forte, but that's something that I would audition for mm -hmm. because I could do it. I could sing the music and I could do it. Um, and I think you don't want to be in a space where you don't want to misrepresent yourself because you can get called out and then they'll be like, why is she here? She can't do half, you know, don't lie about sight singing, learn how to sight sing. Um, mm. It's not mandatory, but I think when you want to get into session work um, and you just handed a piece of sheet music, you got to go, you got to know the, at yeah. least the basics. So that's something that I acquired. I used to do, and like, like I said, I had basic piano, but I had to hone those skills as well because I wanted to do more um, TV and film stuff. And one of the main contractors, um, Edie uh, Liebman Boddicker in Los Angeles, she don't play. She's like, all right, where are my readers? She has her readers, you will work. <laughs> and that was an option for me because I, when I wasn't touring, I was like, I need to be home making money and that's where the money is. And so knowing the industry, mm -hmm. like people are, in Ireland or whoever your followers are and they want to go to be in the UK. I mean, there's obviously there's the West End that someday will make a comeback. There's a lot of like, a, I have a lot of friends who do studio sessions and you don't necessarily need to, to sight sing, but like know and be honest about what your strengths are mm. and really try to lean into those. Um, and yeah, definitely make like make some representation so people can hear you, you know, create an online presence so people can because people aren't looking at paper CVs and people aren't like, sometimes people don't want to hear it. Like they don't have time. They're just like, okay, submissions and your submission yeah. package needs to look right. And then you'll just get booked like that. So uh, there's a couple of ways and there's like hope's not lost, um, but you really do have to represent yourself well. Yeah, just like yeah. work on your chops. And that that was when you my next question is how have you, worked on your chops or kind of you know what ha has been your practice routine like when it comes to dancing and singing um since lockdown since you haven't been gigging have you managed to have you kind of kept that up or has it kind of oh know? girl it's gone all the way in the toilet like <laughs> that's, 
Um, so the thing that I've been working with the most has been um, my friend Joshua Alamu, his uh, oh, vocal yeah. tubes. Have you heard of them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it's the SOVT stuff, but he yeah. he has got more of a, a, a thicker tube. Yeah. Um, that's, I've seen amazing results. So that's been what I've been doing the most. To be honest, I'm a little embarrassed. I haven't been singing. Like I haven't mm -hmm. been singing at all. I've been coaching uh, quite a bit and working with for other people, but I've not really been. Yeah, I just, I don't know why. Um, I did a couple dance classes in the beginning and then I was just kind of like, meh, I don't know. <laughs> My interest is like, I want to. And so I've definitely changed. Like now I'm like, okay, like I said, I've got my recording stuff here uh, or my live stuff here. Like I was just like, I'm not performing. I'm ha I'm literally crumbling inside. This is not cool. Mm. But other but but the other side of that is I'm doing, and I don't want to get comfortable because when it's time to go back, I don't want to like fake the funk and then be like, ooh, I don't I forgot how to move. Like yeah, let me just get some body rolls in here and let me just like freestyle in the house and just make sure I haven't forgotten like I haven't lost it but uh, I am working on other things so like like I said just doing my vocal practice um, but now I want to take that into like just actually back into doing song work and working on my musicality um, my vocal agility I'm always trying to improve my runs and my range that's just going to be a lifelong thing yeah. um, my endurance and stamina just staying in shape so that for me, again, is like a secondary or even like the primary thing before I'm like working on moves. I'm like, make sure my body's in shape. I'm eating right. I'm getting the sleep that I need. Um, yeah. In terms of chops, that's what, yeah, that's what I've been focusing on. Tell me about, you mentioned to me that you have a holistic approach to performance. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So two things happened. I had experiences simultaneously, one as a coach and one as a performer. And um, when I started, it started when I, it kind of started when I went vegan. So I became a vegan in 2013. And yes, like I'm a big fan, but I'm also like, do what works for you. So I, I promote it, but I'm also like, do what works for you. Yeah. Um, there was a big, there was a need for me to sort out some health issues, digestion stuff and like yeah. tummy stuff. So I went plant-based and just had great benefits. And so I think between 2013 to now, I've just had like the busiest season of my life in terms of work, in terms of like, it's just been great. It's been great. I've mm -hmm. made more money than I ever made in my life. Not balling, but I'm just mm -hmm. saying like that consistency, like I haven't really been worried about where the money's going to come from. Cause yeah. like I'm on tour and then there's like another gig and I've just been really consistent. So that's been blessing. Um, but all these things happen in the process. And so me being me on tour amongst many other people, you, you're, you know, you're coexisting and you're, you're, you have to figure out like, what is going to allow me to do the most, the best, my job, the best, to the best of my ability, like to shine every night to like deal with the demands of being flying from city to city. Um, you know, these shows that are just really long and you're dancing the whole time. Oh, and you're singing. Oh, and you need to keep it together. And, oh, guess what? You've got 
a three a three night run. Um, I just had to really like start to manage things for me. So I had to start thinking about how I was eating, getting sleep, the energy I was around, you know, my comings and my goings, all of these things. Um, as a vegan, I had to then, this was sort of early days where the UK and Europe wasn't on the forefront of veganism and, and, and the plant-based mm. lifestyle. So it was really hard to, to get food. Like I didn't even, I was very new to it. So I just didn't even also know like what I was supposed to be eating and yeah. where to get these products from. So I was carrying a suitcase of food on the road to support me. And, you know, this is when I started with the smoothies and then I had a holistic doctor who was um, supporting me back in LA. And so she would be like, you know, she's the one who first really spoke meditation into my life. And um, stress was playing a huge factor, a huge factor in my health. And I finally understood like when I would go to the doctor and the doctor would be like, oh, are you stressed out? And I'm like, well, who is it? But I didn't understand the correlation between stress and your health. Yeah. And so these things just started to like make themselves more apparent for me on the road. Um, I had to start making different decisions from the rest of the group. Um, you know, in my role, it kind of calls for me to be in shape to perform, to sing, to dance, to do all these things, to entertain. And so it meant I couldn't do certain things, you know, the alcohol, the drinking had to be at a minimum, if at, at all. There Cut was the party no and right back. <laughs> huh? Cutting the party and out, like cutting it out. Oh yeah, no, it wasn't over. I just had to be yeah. really selective and I had to start thinking like, okay, if tomorrow looks like this, what am I doing before then? And so, I just started to create this awareness that there were so many things that would impact my daily, my ability to perform. Whether that was on stage or just like when I would show up and be in a group of people. Was I cranky? Was I irritable? Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. everything is really performance. So when you're making- Everything toy ties in. It completely does. Yeah. And so the, 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 the obvious correlations were really like, okay, don't drink alcohol. The next day, my voice was like shining. Um, doing my vocal practice so that consistency, consistently, so that when you know I sing the I'm on the bottom three, so of of a, of a three part harmony. So mm -hmm. and I have moments where then I do these big belt notes, and I was just like nothing was warming my voice up to that. So mm -hmm. making sure the vocal warm up was sufficient, making there was sure there was consistency, warming up doing the vocal work so that I was having just solid performances on stage. I always had to backtrack. And so this was the beginning of this theme of a holistic approach to performance where I started having to think about decisions in my life, how I was living, you know, the energy that was around me, like honestly people from people's energy, like, no, I'm not hanging around with y'all tonight. Cause mm -hmm. just like, you know, you Draining. take that on. Yeah, no, it affects you. Mm -hmm. Um, and just really having to carve out a life for myself that allowed me to have my best performance possible. So um, I started doing this as a performer and then I started implementing this while I was coaching because I would get into session, like say you and I are, say this is not a podcast, but we're actually doing a, a, mm -hmm. a, a Skype session or a lesson and checking in with my students or my clients and finding out that there's so much baggage or stress going on and realizing 
how it affected their performance. And so I started to create space in the beginning of my sessions. I had to like work at it because sometimes we'd be talking 30 minutes and we ain't saying a word, but like, yeah. hey, if this is what you needed today, you know, I'm not yeah. your counselor. So now I'm gonna suggest you find a space for that so that we can work, you know? But I knew yeah. that there were certain blocks that existed that would get in the way of a singer performing, certain habits, certain, um, yeah, even pathology, uh, fears, just whatever, just so much stuff, like the mm -hmm. list is endless and needing to address that. So understanding that, you know, you don't have a confidence problem, but, or the reason you have a confidence problem is because there's something that happened way back when and you're carrying that or you don't love yourself or you have no self there's no you don't believe in yourself and so let's this isn't about singing this is something emotional mm -hmm. um let's check in with your diet let's check in with your habits you don't like your voice are you making time to practice well no okay no why not you know taking steps back and then really finding these these root problems and working from the root. And so that's why I call it a holistic approach to performance, not only for myself, um, but for my, my as, a, as an artist, but also as a coach, because, you know, singers could be doing all the work, doing the lessons, working at their voice, like to the point of maybe even exhaustion mm -hmm. and not getting the results still. And so it's like, okay, let's not bombard your vocal coach with stuff that, is not it's not about your voice like mm. it's another issue and so what i do in my practice is you know in my assessment now i've built that in and that's actually something that's been happening with the vocal health first aider course um yeah by, yeah have you, done, you, have you done that or are you part of it no i did it I, I mean the minute i heard of it i was like sign me up this is me all day like yes. thank, thank you for creating this because i've been trying to make something like this happen. I've been doing it in my own practice, but mm. now to have like accredited, qualified um, mental health, uh, vocal health, um, scientists and doctors and people in the field to co-sign this way of life is just like, it's yeah, I think I want to do it myself, but I'll probably wait for the summer if it's um when I'm finished college. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and again, this is part of the education that I was like, this is perfect because I have the time. So yeah. like, sign me up. Um, but yeah, it's really like taking the big picture. And so I I filter that into my assessment methods when I work with people because a lot of people are like, well, you know, they come to you thinking that they have a problem in one area, and it's like, mm, actually, this isn't your issue. This is fine. We actually should look at this. And, mm. you know, but it requires taking a, uh, a big, like looking at the whole picture, um, thinking holistically, getting to the root of the problem, healing that, addressing mm. that, and then hopefully finding your way back to, you know, your expression and then solving the problem. You know, when you said you do like your assessment when you have a, a new student or even, you know, with your students that have been coming for a while, you might need to do it. A, an updated assessment would you directly ask like about their mental health or about what they're eating and things like that or would you kind of just give them a leaflet type thing and say these, these could also affect your singing and then like how personal do you go with it initially not too personal because you don't want to pry and feel like expose them and actually I actually had to work on this my husband helped me with this because I created this questionnaire that was pretty detailed and yeah. then 
felt. And then when he looked at when, it, you know, he put second eyes to it, he was like, he just gave me like, the, it was almost like if he was the, the client and yeah. he kind of sort of gave me his point of view and I was like, oh, you're absolutely right. So it's enough to broach the subject um, and not specifically, but the questions might be pretty vague. Like, do you deal with, you know, confidence issues and mm-hmm. do you have a support system and, you know, um, you know, what is, you know, what's your experience? What is, what has been your like most challenging experience on stage? And sort of by asking some of these more vaguer questions that mm. aren't so invasive, you're able to get, so, extrapolate some kind of information. Read between when, the lines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to, be, I think as a coach, you have to be, you have to be um, intuitive and you have to be able to and listen, right? Mm-hmm. And so then the next step, once we're sort of in the room together or on Zoom, I go in. I, I go in enough to like get close to the area yeah. and then I'm aware. So when things come up, then I'm able to go, right, okay, let's pause. And I can go in there, you know? And I think I think everyone comes to you because they realize they need help, but they're still hiding. So you don't want to like rip off the bandaid and completely expose them, but yeah. you want to create a safe space. You want to like show them, I'm, I care, I'm listening. I feel you. Um, mm. You know, maybe I've been there to whatever extent, depending on what you're dealing with. And then when the time is right, you can, it's okay to rip off the bandaid and, and hold space for them. Yeah. I think it's, it's a very um, kind of precious environment and, like I think it naturally happens over time when you're working with somebody for a, a period of time that they become yeah. kind of close yeah. to you. And I, I chat about this a little bit with um a different a different guest actually um, but he we were just saying that, like people often open up, and I find that it's mainly my vocal students. I teach a bit of keyboard as well, but I I find it something so raw and authentic and real and vulnerable about the voice and spe- specifically. I think mainly because our emotions are revealed in our voice, our health Absolutely. are revealed mm-hmm. in our voice, you know, so it's very, it's a very revealing instrument. So I think that's kind of why it's, it's a bit more of a, of a sensitive kind of area. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I believe that I, I, I want every artist that I work with to, to be able to own that feeling and, and control that space. Like if you want to share, share. And then when you're ready to take it back and, and protect it, that's okay too. But there's like, why are you here? Like, why are you doing this? Are you, are you doing this because you want to heal or because you want to share? And it's usually one of those two reasons. Um, but they just don't really know how to really like fully embrace that situation. And so, as you said, like, it is a fine line. Um, I think people really want that, it is, you know, the voice really is kind of opens that doorway, right? To mm-hmm. our soul and to our emotions. And um, we want to be able to give them access um, to that because we want to know what's going on, but it yeah. can be painful. It can be very hard. So we have to facilitate that transition. We have to facilitate that journey. And, you know, there's many ways to do it. And everyone, every teacher is going to have their own, their mm. own, um, their own way to, to get there. But I think it is really important um, that you create a safe space. And this is something, again, that the vocal health first aider course teaches is about creating a safe space um, 
a comfortable space so you can get the work done, you know, because if they're still hiding or they're inhibited, you're just not really going to get, you know, you're not going to be able to do the work and then they're not going to get to where, get what they need out of it, which is why they came to in the first place. Yeah, it's like about developing trust between yourself and the and the student and you want them to trust you and vice versa. Yeah. Um, What are your like top like tools to have in like your your toolkit like like for example a nebulizer like what are you know Hmm? as a singer as a singer yeah as a vocalist um girl my bag it's funny I tried to do I tried to do like I tried to do a bag or like you know what's in my bag and this is a testament also to how I pack because everything is in there pretty much. <laughs> I think I actually seen this. Was it like a really old video? And you're Probably, on Twitter yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Maybe you saw it because I was just like, this. T- it took me a minute to figure it out. But mm. right now to date, essentials are my SOVT tools. So whether that's my vocal tube or my sing straw, those are the two ones that I use. Yeah. Um, and shout out to Joshua Alamu and Wendy at uh, Wendy Whitney um, for just creating incredible products that have yeah. literally like saved my life, changed my vocal life, and everything. Um, so those are two like those are those are for me like that's mandatory. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? I know you talked a little bit about the Vogue mask. I think that I think you were the first person to like. That yeah I, like made me aware of that but that's for like you know for you're on touring and you're on the plane and things like that yeah I mean that was definitely a, a thing and I think it's still very important so yeah thank you actually for reminding me I just think because they've become so common it's like mm. well uh, it's like everyone's wearing masks now yeah, I know right I was like an alien back in the day like people were like <laughs> what has she got and I, I want to keep it that way mm. <laughs> Yeah, I, my mask has been my, you know, I panic if I don't have my mask or in times gone by, like prior prior to this pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my mask was important. Um, I have a sort of supplement stash. So mm-hmm. again, on the holistic path, um, working from the inside out, making sure that I've got all the supplements that I need. Um, so for me, those are like, you know, my lady vitamins, like things like, you know, iron, my B12, which is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, As a vegan, I travel with certain things. So I always have like a greens powder um, for smoothies and I have like a protein powder with me Um, just because, you know, energy, keeping your energy up is is so important. So I need to make sure that I'm feeding my body. Um, So I always travel with a few like little packets. I always travel with tea, with herbal teas. I always travel with warm drinks. Um, my bottle, my, my water bottle, I always mm-hmm. travel with that. Um, cause you do need, need to stay hydrated. I don't really subscribe to like, I don't, I, I haven't, I haven't rocked any like vocal throat sprays or anything recently. Um, yeah. I, I think I just kind of fell off of those, but I'll always have something like I'll have like a, you know, maybe a vocal zone or a, a Ricola or like just some zinc lozenges. I but, don't know how good they are for that, for actual, your actual, like, singing. They're not. I mean, for me, I subscribe to the idea that they're creating saliva. Yeah. That's pretty much it, you know? Um, yeah, it relieves, like, if you have, like, a, a sore throat, like, if you're a bit sick or something. Yeah, and so it's more to relieve discomfort. I don't, I don't really 
subscribe to like, oh, this is doing healing things. For me, I, I get that more from the teas and stuff like that, just because the mm -hmm. herbs and there's certain properties they will have for inflammation. Um, my nebulizer, I have that. Mm -hmm. um, I used to have like a steam thing, but actually I just have the, the, my nebulizer the now. Idea. Yeah, I've got my nebulizer. Um, I think like vocally, that's kind of the setup yeah. because you know there's all the, there's all this myth busting as well like oh do you need this blah, blah, blah. I always have a massive scarf that doubles as a blanket so mm -hmm. I just I'm cold like when you go into venues I'm just cold I'm just venues are cold and well, if you're cold like, you're going to tense up and that can affect your singing voice right and like sometimes you'll just be like AC is just blowing mm -hmm. on you and so <laughs> yeah just staying warm and making sure um you know I, I'm, there's things that are not constricting me in any way. Um, and also my yoga mat oh, is yeah. important because I use it to nap on and I always use it to stretch <laughs> out, stretch before my gig. Okay. So, right. Right. Oh yeah. No. Cause you need to sleep. Like when you need to catch an, a get a cat nap, you can, I mean, some people will just bundle up wherever, but there was a time where like, yeah. I knew the TV station wasn't going to have anything because we'd gone there like earlier and I brought my mm -hmm. yoga mat and I was like in the corner with my yoga mat Love and they asked scarf. This is like last December. It was in Berlin yes. and it sorted me out. My travel pillow, which I've recently lost. So, but says, since I'm not traveling, like mm -hmm. I don't need it. Yeah, I think a pillow <laughs> is really handy for traveling, even if it's like the little beanie ones or something. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Or just rolling again, like rolling up a sweater, like yeah. just the, the the themes here are just like rest and recovery and all these types of places. A little bit of pampering as well. Do you know what yeah. like look after yourself? Like, you know, want to give yourself oh, a bit of time to kind of... Thank you for reminding me. I have from Neil's, Gar Neil's, Neil's Yard, Neil's Yard, but also this other company, Sage. I have these like little travel kits of essential oils okay. that I love. Um, and so there's ones for like inflammation. There's ones for like wind, unwind. There's ones for PMS. Do you just pop them on your wrist or do you put them yeah. on your face somewhere? We'll give you, oh, thanks. My honey, just, my honey just came through. So this oh, is delivery. one that I bought. It's the headache kit. So it's got like, I love Eve. So it's got like a spray. This is like a stress spray. So you spray it. Oh, wow. This is um, a peppermint halo. So you kind of, and they give you like, you know, the, the sort of, um, the points where you need to yeah. do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's like these glands here, sometimes oh, your nose, it's your temples, your wrist. What's that one called? This company's called Sage. I think, believe yeah. it's a Canadian company, but um, Neil's Yard, do they have that in Ireland? I don't recognize it, but they might have. I'll have to okay. have well, I know it's a company. It. They have like little travel kits. So I just love these little oils and they're mm -hmm. so great lavender like even if you just get essential oils i think they're great for like your bathtubs at night if you're traveling um and let's not like just for travel but like i'll roll these over my pillow and you know mm -hmm. i'm i love aromatherapy and it's part of the like recovery unwind but um there's also some beneficial some benefits to essential oils and some kind of like a naturalista like hippie yeah earth girl yes. so I kind of subscribe to all those things. I just say like, create your environment, you know, whatever you need. Yeah. I just try to find it in a mini, <laughs> in a mini portable version so I can be comfortable wherever I am. Like whether it's in the studio, I've got what I need. Um, I always carry like 
because I think we're in this age of creating content and stuff. So I always make sure I've got like a camera and a mini, um, like tripod so I can work, you know, cause we're business people yeah. too. Right. Yeah. We're and we're doing all this type of stuff, but based on like just the care as a vocalist, um, those are some of the things yeah. that, that recently, um, have become most important, um, for me to be yeah. able to function. And honestly, people pick on me all the time. Like I'm everybody's scapegoat, but I guess what I'm happy and I'm relaxed. And then people are like, oh, hey, can I borrow some, uh, can I, uh? Yeah, I know, yeah. I, sure you can. They won't get it themselves, but they'll, <laughs> they'll sneak Girl, a bit off you. Like all the time. And I just, I just chuckle on the inside, but honestly, it's actually, again, it's setting an example and it's mm. being, um, it's stepping, yeah, I, I like that I have some influence over, over people by trying to live a healthy, positive um, yeah. lifestyle. Well, you're doing a great job of it. Thank you. Um, Thank you so so what's, what's next for you? And do you want people to like go check out your, I know you don't, your website's not up and running at the minute, but do you want people to like, can people it's like, not. get so, a lesson with you or can they do yeah, you or- yeah, for sure. So I will also send you, because I know you said this is going to go live in like a month or whatever. Yeah. But, in February mm-hmm. so yeah. um if I mean I should have some stuff a little more concrete by then some I'll I'll, I'll follow up with you to send you anything yeah cool I'll, I'll pop you an email but, like um yes so what's coming up next for me is I've developed a performance coaching program and I um wanted to find a way to stay connected with students and artists um around the world so I've been really fortunate to travel like coming to Cork and Mm. going to London and Mexico City and working in Los Angeles and Toronto and you know just all these different places Australia um to be able to connect with people um but I've always been sort of like the special guest and I've come in to do like a slur of of workshops and then I'm gone yeah. And I want people, excuse me, to be able to keep up with that work. And I do try to connect with those teachers who bring me in to say, you know, drop little nuggets for them to sort of implement them in their teachings. But mm-hmm. of course it's up to them. It's not important. It's not mandatory, but I want to be able to continue to keep the work going. Um, I find that like, you know, I want to be consistent. I want, I want people to have access to me and I don't have a studio per se. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of just a traveling virtual yeah. <laughs> coach. Yeah. So same as um, everyone else right now. So, <laughs> right. Right. So, but because I've had the opportunity to travel and connect with so many people um, around the world, I'm creating a space or I've, I've created a way to be able to stay in touch. So initially, primarily I launched a, a coaching program and um, I've got sort of three different packages that are available for people. So there's one that is um, sort of just the basic, like I'll show you the ropes. We do like w- one or two consults, like an intake, and then I send you on your way and you kind of plug and play and DIY it yourself. Mm-hmm. And then we check back in. Um, and there's always the option to like have additional coaching sessions, but within that package, it's like, you know, Sometimes people just want to get their feet wet. Then I have another package where you get a bit more hands-on coaching from me and there's more of a customized plan. And then, um, oh no, sorry, you have a bit more coaching from me, but again, you're sort of navigating. I explain a bit more in detail how to do the program. And then the final um, 
top tier is where it's customized to you. We have more, we have more one-to-one sessions and um, yeah, we check in throughout the, 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 the plan. And then there's sort of like another tier that's just completely customizable. And that's kind of reserved for um, artists um, who kind of need more attention, <laughs> more hands-on customized attention based on what they're working on. Um, so that's what I'm working on now. And I'm currently working with a couple of uh, clients on that. And so I'm hoping to roll that out. Um, so yes, if people are interested in, in working with me, they can pretty much email me or DM me and I can take them through the process and get them, get them going. Because I find that also, um, it is a specialized space and I think we are focusing a lot, like there's a voice teacher space, but Mm -hmm. voice teachers are sort of limited in what, not their abilities, but in what they can do all around. And they really just cannot give that type of attention to their students. And so their students are just sort of either figuring out on their own or some of these teachers will call me in and go, hey, can you give like a masterclass or one-off? Which is good to like drop some nuggets and some jewels, but Mm -hmm. there's not actual, actually the hands-on tangible working consistently. Um, So yeah, so that's what's coming up for me. And then I'm also looking to create a space where I can share more knowledge and, um, and, uh, and um, facilitate um, or to just, yeah, to share more knowledge about what I'm, where I come from as a performance coach, Mm -hmm. um, like performance tips, just a space, like a community is what I'm looking to, what is what I'm building. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm in the process now of, of shooting content for that. And yeah, I'm really excited to share that. And then eventually there's, there'll be some other programs that will sort of evolve from that. Yeah, evolve (laughs) from that. So, so yeah, if anybody's interested in working or doing an assessment, um, and wanting to focus on their performance, um, and really just find out what is, what they need to do, you know, and like, how can they become a more powerful, impactful, um, performer then absolutely get in touch. Yeah. Well, I'll pop all your, your links here. So yeah. you on Facebook as well, or just Instagram? Yeah, no, I'm on Facebook and I'm on yeah, Instagram. So I'll pop your links, um, in the, in the description of the video, um, on YouTube. So people Perfect. can check you out. I yeah, really appreciate sure. you, your time. Um, oh my gosh. It's been a pleasure. It's been so nice talking to you. And, um, I was, yeah, it's just always, it's nice to have some kind of connection to the outside, the yeah. outside world. And I'm just, I'm grateful that you, that you're interested in speaking to me and you find that like, I have some, some value to add. So. 100% and I, I just I so appreciate everyone who comes on like the you know giving me your time and all that but I know it's going to give add so many so much value to anyone who watches it so yeah good, good. And, and and congratulations on doing this and I should have some of the other stuff um and I think it's brilliant and I think it's just great that you're you're creating space to bring in um professionals and just you know again it's it's like it's a community vibe and I think that it's really great like I I never feel threatened um or like when people when we're just in this environment share and connect and collaborate I think it really just enhances all of all of what we have to 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 um bring to the table and I've definitely found that connecting with other coaches and other specialists how much it enhances 
Um, it enhances me as an individual, as a performer, as a coach. Um, and it just really builds my network. And so I just love having people, you know, new people to add to my family. So yeah, welcome to my family. <laughs> Thanks, and you too. <laughs> I actually, I joined, you know, the VIP. I, I'm on the VIP pathway at the minute. You know, okay, nice. Practice, so that's been really great because I've been able yeah. to meet lots of people through that as well. And like, yeah. I'm kind of in the early days, I've, I've only been like coaching for the last three or four years. So okay. I'm kind of like have my training wheels ready to come off kind of, you know, kind nice. of age. So, but yeah, it's, it's been really good. Just and, do it. Just dig in. Yeah. Just jump in. You'll find your way. You literally yeah. will like stuff will just start to fall into place and soon, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just do it. Thank you so much. Well, I'll let you go then. I'm going to have dinner and enjoy your evening. Thank you. And I'll be, yeah, I'll be in touch. Just keep in touch.